Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Now, the um, last few weeks, we've been, uh, uh, you know, uh, talking about, uh, really about, uh, uh, about the Spirit. And uh, um, let's, uh, we probably spent more time in the last few weeks talking about maybe the, on the dark side of this thing. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about on the positive side of this thing. Amen. And, uh, but, uh, you know, you got to be aware of things. How many know there's more spiritual activity going on than you think? That was pretty weak. How many know there's more spiritual activity going on than you think? There's a lot of spiritual activity going on. And, uh, you know, you can't say you believe in, uh, you know, someday going to a place you've never seen without believing there's something happening in the unseen. There's a heaven, there's a hell, there's angels, and there's demonic realm. There's the kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, all right? It's out there, it operates, it functions. In fact, for the most part, everything you see in the seen realm has somehow or another come out of the unseen realm. In fact, from the very get-go, when God called everything into motion, amen, He spoke it out of the unseen, it says in Hebrews 11, amen, spoke it out of the unseen, and it became a seen thing, amen. And you'll find that a lot of similarities, a lot of things that go on in the seen realm, amen, are because of how things operate in the unseen realm. Are you still with me? All right, so today what we're going to do, I mean, the last few weeks we kind of, we came out of Mark 4 and Mark 5 and spent a lot of time there. I think I'm going to go straight, we're going to jump right into, um, let's see, 1 Corinthians, is it 1 Corinthians 11? I can't remember what I gave you first there now. I think that's what I gave you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 11. There we go. I thought did something didn't sound right. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3 and 4 is what we're going to start at today. Hallelujah. verse that we've read just about every week, but we're going to read it again today to kind of shoot us into what we got for you today. <clears throat> verse 3 and 4 says, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness. Now, of course, we talked about some of that last week. I mean, know the enemy is still trying to deceive? Come on. You know, a lot of people get a little nervous when you start talking about uh, spiritual uh, things. You get into talking about, uh, especially when you get into, you know, talking about some things like spiritual warfare and things like that, and people get nervous. And I think it's because some people, it's, it's easier to ignore it than to overcome it. thing is that uh, sometimes what happens is we get tired, we get wore out because of everything that is ongoing and, uh, you know, things that are perpetual that are just keep on happening in our lives, maybe these uh, things that are chronic or whatever that seem to kind of keep coming around, um, you know, they wear you out. I said they wear you out. And uh, so one of the reasons that we brought all this up over the last few weeks is we're talking about being empowered. It's a year of empowerment. And a lot of people can't seem to get past certain things because they are chronic or they are ongoing. And what we're trying to bring to your attention is that things that are ongoing or chronic, there's always a spirit behind it. All right? And it's not a tough thing. It's not a hard thing. It's just you have to address it. That was the thing that we've been finding out. Jesus was quick to address it. How many know he didn't address a spirit on everything he did? Come on. In fact, you find out when you go back through it and you look at it, which I have done this, and you're only looking at about a fourth of the time where he actually addresses a spirit, okay? Other times he just, you know, makes a declaration, amen, lays his hands on them or makes a, uh, you know, calls them to do something. And when they do that, all of a sudden here comes their healing, their breakthrough or whatever it is they're believing for. But sometimes he has to address a spirit. And once you address the spirit, amen, you'll find that if you can get that out of the way, your confession of faith begins to work. Those things, those actions that you're taking, those steps of faith that you're taking begin to manifest, begin to produce the fruit. So when something is ongoing, it's perpetual or it's chronic, you just have to understand that there's probably a spirit behind it. Now, again, it's not a complicated thing. Are you hearing me? It's just address it. That was the thing that, uh, that surprised everybody about Jesus. With a word, he'd cast out a devil. They'd all like, oh, I've never seen that before. Well, because nobody was doing it. You know, the old covenant, a lot of times, doesn't bring out a lot about, about your enemy. A lot of times, God gets the blame for a lot of stuff, and it's just because they didn't understand the enemy. Jesus comes along and exposes him, brings him out, flushes him out, brings him out to everybody can see him, and he begins to address it. So, um, you know, 
for the most part, people just weren't aware that you could take authority over a spirit of darkness, an unclean spirit, this ongoing stuff. And Jesus showed that you could. Amen. Amen. I mean, he didn't speak to every storm, but the one he did, come on, he handled it, dealt with it. And where there was a great storm, turned into a great calm. Why? Because he addressed the spirit behind it. Still with me? Demons come out of the tomb, or I mean, a person comes out of the tomb as a possessed of a spirit. Amen. He addresses the spirit, whereas everybody else was trying to chain him, trying to shackle him, trying to tame it somehow or another, trying to hold it back, threw him into the caves, sweep it under the rug, keep on bailing. Come on, is anybody hearing me today? We try to, we cope with life instead of sometimes stop and recognize there's something behind this thing. Deal with it. Rebuke it. Tell it to go in the name of Jesus. Amen. And when you do that, all of a sudden you'll find that things begin to settle down. And all of a sudden now you can kind of move forward. Praise God. And so that's why we're addressing these things. And uh, so anyway, let's look at this uh, verse 3 and 4 again. Uh, verse 3 says this, But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. And it is simple. The gospel is not hard. Come on, somebody. Even these things that we're talking about are not hard. They're just maybe unusual. Are you still with me? Amen. There's nothing hard about it. But you have to understand that the same enemy that was there messing things up in the garden, the same enemy we read even last week was still there before he was cast into the pit or before he's going to be cast into the pit. Uh, We see in Revelation, amen, is the same enemy that we're dealing with today. Amen. He's never changed. He operates the same way. He's deceptive. All right? And usually, through manipulation, somehow uh, gives a mental game, somehow gets you uh, somehow caught up, uh, you know, things like your past or the mistake that you made or maybe gets you uh, caught up thinking that you can never get better or you can never get on top of this thing or you can never, uh, you know, get past the lack or the poverty or whatever it is that you're dealing with. He's deceptive. He's a liar. Jesus says the father of all lies. All right. Verse 4 says this, then, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, or take it in or receive it or accept it is what it means. In other words, you know, if you allow the wrong message to be taught, it ain't long and pretty soon you're buying into it. Come on. You hear a different message about Jesus, who Jesus is. If you listen to it long enough, pretty soon you buy into it. It ain't no different with a spirit. Now, most people, especially those in this house, I know who I'm talking to today. If somebody came up and started talking to you a different Jesus, you'd say, I ain't having none of that. Or somebody started talking some message that's just kind of out to lunch. Come on, somebody. You'd say, I ain't having none of that. You know, but sometimes we don't recognize that sometimes there's a different spirit rolling around. Come on, somebody, and trying to breathe into you. Come on now. And so that's where we've been kind of looking at this. In fact, the word here, uh, br- uh, the word uh, spirit uh, is, is, is the word pneuma, which means breath, wind, um, current of air. Uh, but it means that which is vital or a vital principle. But it, uh, it refers, amen, to something being breathed. Amen. And the amazing thing about it, and this is what uh, you know, I brought out every week, uh, the thing that kind of rocked my world a little bit is I always thought when I was reading and studying, you know, I'm a big kind of, I enjoy Greek and Hebrew and go and all that, and I just kind of get off on it, and I like it, and it, to me it always, it always opens up the word to you. And, and, uh, but every time I got to the word spirit, it was always the same word. I always thought at least, you know, if it was a demonic spirit, give it a different name. You know, if it's talking about the human spirit, give it a different name. If it's talking about the Holy Spirit, you know what I mean? You know, they ought to all have a different name. But the word spirit is the word spirit because spirit functions the same way. Whether this, and this is what it defines it as. Whether it's demonic, whether it's the Holy Spirit, or whether it's human spirit, it all operates the same way. It's spirit. And every spirit has a breath, come on, or a wind or a current. Come on, somebody. And it all refers to some level of influence, okay? Every spirit has a level of influence, Okay? And whether we're talking the Holy Spirit, a demonic spirit, or a human spirit, it all has a level of influence. And all of it needs to breathe, come on, 
or take in breath. Just, you know, I thought I'd throw that out there. So here you are, you know, from the very get-go, God breathed into Adam the breath of life. Literally just means the current of air. Come on, breath. And from there on, that he, was, he designed it so that you and me, every day of your life, would have to draw on that same breath. That's what we see in the garden. The problem was they started drawing on the wrong breath. The wrong spirit. And of course, we talked a little bit more in depth about that, the spirit of the serpent, which uh, actually uh, in the book of Acts, spirit of divination, but really when it breaks it down, it's the spirit of the python or the serpent. Hello, somebody. That you see from the garden all the way to Revelation. All right. What does he do? He attacks your identity, come on, and perverts your discernment. That's what he does. That's why it's always manipulated it, manipulated it, just manipulates, just twist the words a little bit, say just enough that might be sort of true, kind of sounds spiritual, but begins to pervert it. And the idea is for you to lose sight who you are in Christ, come on somebody, to lose sight about what's right, what's up, what's down, what's wrong, are you still with me? Just enough just to twist it. And that's how he operates, all right? So the way to stay on top of this is you got to have God breathing into you every day. It's the only way it works. Come on. Otherwise, something else is breathing into you. It's the truth. You know, you'll just listen to Tom, Dick, and Harriet say whatever they say. If you don't know, if you don't let God get breathing in you, come on. Pretty soon you start buying into stuff. Oh, it got quiet in this house. Uh, there's a lot of breath being breathed out there. Ain't nobody needs to be, you know, taken in. Come on, somebody. Come on now. And it's out there. But if you don't know who you are, if you're not letting God breathe into you, you're not discerning that different spirit. Come on, somebody. If you're not discerning it, come on, then all of a sudden you're buying into it. You got the wrong spirit. Pretty soon you got some spirit breathing into you. Uh, the spirit of infirmity, for instance, could be breathing in you saying, you know, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to be sick. God made you sick. God did this to teach you something. Now, see, there's a bunch of you say that's a wrong message. Absolutely, but it's a wrong spirit breathing it. And some people, pretty soon they don't know who they are, and they, that spirit begins to breathe on them enough, pretty soon they buy into it. And they accept it. They think it's a part of their life now. Poverty and lack, the spirit of bondage just sits here and breathe into you. And you think it's okay. It ain't okay. You're not called to be bound up. You're not called to be in lack. You're not called to be held under. You're an overcomer. Hallelujah. You're a conqueror. But see, if you ain't letting God breathe into you, come on, pretty soon... You start thinking, you know, that it's okay to cope. A lot, of, a lot of Christians cope. I'll try this side. A lot of Christians cope. That was weak over here, by the way. I'm just telling you that. A lot of Christians cope. You don't want no coping. There's nowhere in there to say you're more than a coper. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. But if you don't watch it pretty soon, that spirit seed has a place. And through deceptive and manipulative things, begins pretty soon playing a head game and head trip. And that's where it all comes out of. Next thing you know, you're buying into it. Still with me? So look at your neighbor and say, no more darkness. Amen. So let's get over on the good side. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's talk a little bit about what we should have breathing into us every day. Amen. So we're going to go to, um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ephesians chapter 1. Now, Ephesians chapter 1 is talking about who you are in Christ. In fact, um, 
first, whatever it is, 14, 15 verses, there's a dozen times it talks about being in Him, in Christ, uh, who you are in the Beloved, amen. Talking about who you are, amen. And because uh, that's where the enemy always attacks, all right? Um, you know, uh, for those that may be new here, and maybe you didn't hear me say this before, but um, from the garden uh, all the way till Jesus and beyond, of course, but the enemy attacked identity. In the garden, he says, you know, God is holding back on you, uh, holding out on you because, you know, if you eat, eat of that fruit, then you will be like him. They already were. But through deception, he got him, he manipulated away, found an in row, and then here comes the deception. I mean, here comes the, the temptation, and they fall to it. Jesus, same way. If you are the Son of God, well, God just said it just a couple verses prior to it. Right? But this is what he does. I mean, God said, This is my son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, it don't get any plainer than that. But a couple verses later, then he says, You know, if you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. Well, first off, he is the Son of God. He don't have to, you know, listen to any of that. Come on. You ever think about this? Uh, you know, if you even look at this, it's just, just a thought. You, know, you don't get to meditating on all this without it all just jumping up, springing up at you all the time. But, I mean, every time he come around, the spirit he had to deal with, well, I shouldn't say every time, but we see the majority of the time. They would, when he's coming down the sidewalk, he'd say, I know who you are. And he'd say, shut up. Even the spirit of divination, when that whole thing, when that woman had that spirit and was cast out, these men are of God. They're here to help you and show you the way. Shut up, devil. We'll say, well, it doesn't sound wrong, no, but it's looking for an inroad. That little sneaky cuss. You hear me? Yeah. That's how this stuff works. Okay, so chapter 1, let's read something here. All right, so all through here talking about who you are, praise God. Verse 15, let's go ahead and read, uh, read what we call a lot of times the Pauline prayer. Okay, this is a prayer he prayed for everybody. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord, this is what he prays, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe. Amen. According, in other words, He defines that power, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ, what? When He raised Him from the dead. And then seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, amen, far above, here we go, principalities and power and might and dominion. There's all levels of demonic influence here, far above it, right? And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Remember, didn't, that, didn't it say that? That whatever name it is, it's all subject to the name of Jesus, right? Come on. doesn't matter whether it's something above the earth, on the earth, or beneath the earth. It's all subject to the name of Jesus. Are you still with me? And you have to understand, there is nothing complicated about anything we're talking about. It's all simple. Just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Take authority over it. Don't let it dictate. All right, well, anyway. He put all things, here we go, under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. He's the head. We're the body. What are the feet connected to? The body. It'd be kind of weird if he had feet on the side of his head. Well, I mean, sometimes, you know, you got to see this, right? Okay, he gave, he gave him to be head, right, over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The feet are connected to you. 
You're the one that walks in authority and dominion on planet Earth. Come on, somebody. You have to take a stand. Amen. Are you with me? Now he's giving you authority. Now, how many know he didn't do this? He didn't tell you, go take authority, and then now you're on your own. Nowhere in here does he say you're on your own. He wants to help you through it all, but you still have to be the one to step forth. Amen. Take your stand. Make your declaration. Come on, somebody. Walk in authority. Walk in dominion. You still have to do your part. There's a lot of people boo-hooing at God to do something when all along he's waiting for you to do something. Now, he will help you, lead you, guide you, show you, reveal things to you. Praise God. Whatever is necessary so you can do what you're called to do. Praise God. Now, that's the good news. But I'm going to tell you today, it ain't going to happen if you don't let him breathe in you. If you're not going to take the time, let God breathe into you on a day-to-day basis, you're probably going to get mowed over. Now, I didn't take away your salvation. Don't go out here saying, Pastor says, I'm going to hell now. No, 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 no. If you know Jesus, praise the Lord. Amen. We ain't taking that away from you. But you know what? You might as well have the whole meal deal. You might as well have the full meal package. Come on, somebody. You might as well walk in authority and dominion while you're on here so you can actually enjoy this Christian life. I thought I'd get a little movement out of you on that one. Amen. There's a lot of Christians not enjoying their Christian life. It's like, Lord, come get me quick. Get me out of here. That ain't how we're called to live. I said, that ain't how we're called to live. Amen. Man, I tell you what, when you, when you know what you, who you are and what you have in Christ, this thing becomes kind of, it becomes fun. I mean, this Christian life is fun. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, don't get me wrong. If, if he says, hey, it's time to go home, let's go home. Praise the Lord. But, but while you're here, you might as well enjoy this life. You might as well, praise God, have some fun. The abundant life. Fullness of God till it overflows, it says. Amen. There's a life here that we're called to, praise God. You're not called to be depressed all your life, be beat up all your life, be overcome all your life, cope all your life. We're called to win. I think I'm talking to winners tonight or today. Any winners in the house today? All right, praise God. So let's back up here and take a look at this. Uh, you know me, I like to define everything, right? Verse 15 again, Therefore also after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. Now how many know faith in the Lord's good? How about love for all the saints is good? Is that good or not? All three of you, wow. Let's try that one more time. I know faith in the Lord's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, having love for all the saints is a good thing. But how many know it isn't all the things? Because he goes on to say there's other things you're going to have to need, okay? So you can go all day long and say, well, I love, you know, I have faith in God and, and I love people. So that's enough. No, it ain't enough because you've got to live this life. And those people you love, sometimes they're squirrely. Sometimes those people you love can be ornery. Some of them are downright stinkers. So if you don't get what he's talking about here in this text, you're going to forget about verse 15. Who cares about love for all the saints? It ain't happening. Right? And even faith in God. If you don't understand you have an enemy, pretty soon you think God's doing something to you when it ain't God doing it to you. Pretty soon you're going to say, you know, well, I'm kind of mad at God right now. But if you know who your enemy is, you ain't, you're, you're, no, you're going to know, praise God. And God, I know my God. My God will never do that to me. Praise the Lord. My God's got my back. My God will never leave me nor forsake me. Praise the Lord. So the point is this, you know, you can say you have faith in God and that you have a love for all the people, but there's more that you need. You need God breathing into you on a day-to-day basis. All right? All right. Now, some of my leaders, we had a a banquet here a couple months back. There's a few of these things I touched on, so just act surprised. All right. Hallelujah. So, uh, I do not cease to give thanks for you, verse 16, making mention of my prayers. Here we go. Here it is, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you, here we go, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The spirit, amen, the same word there again, literally the breath, right? The current of air, the wind, come on now, the breath of God. So, He's given you the breath of wisdom and revelation. Still with me? 
Now it says, uh, in the knowledge of Him. Now, let's, let's define that first because a lot of times when you read that, you first speed through that, um, we think that it's... Um, uh, we think it's just talking about understanding some things about God. You know, we're talking about in the knowledge of God. But that word knowledge, okay, the word knowledge itself is gnosis, okay? G-N-O-S-I-S, I believe is the Greek word. Uh, but this is not gnosis. This is pi-gnosis, uh, okay? It explains, it defines, it makes it bigger, okay? And so it means acknowledgement or the acknowledging of. Are you still with me? Okay, let me explain that. Okay, so he's going to give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in acknowledging him. Now, the knowledge part's going to come in a little bit here. We'll see what, you know, God's obviously trying to give you some information, some knowledge about some things, all right? But this here is talking about you acknowledging him. That this is how we let him breathe into us, by stopping once in a while and acknowledging him. Okay, what set the patriarchs of faith apart from the rest of the people was the fact that they always acknowledged Him. The Word said they walked with God, which literally just means to communicate. It comes down, broke, breaks down to small talk. They learned to stop and communicate. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For those that come to must believe that He is, that He's present. That's how it works. When you understand He's present, He's not the God who was or the God who will be, but the God who is. So it's that communication. So it's learning to stop, pause, communicate with God. Give God opportunity to breathe into you. This here is not just referring to, you know, you saying, you acknowledging verbally that God is smarter than me. See, a lot of Christians go along saying God is smarter than me and then turn around and do their own thing anyway. I know it's none of you. It's all them other people watching by internet. No, we all, a lot of Christians do this. I mean, they'll turn around and say the, the right words. They'll verbalize, you know, God is, is all-knowing. He's smarter than me. But then we turn around and do our thing. Come on, instead of follow Him. See, you gotta, if you're going to communicate with God, you also got to be a listener. All right? So not only, you know, when you think about communication, communication is a two-way street. You might, you, might, you might verbalize certain things. There's nothing wrong with that. That's great because the Word even says, let your petitions be made known to God. But when you go to prayer, it shouldn't just be I stop and I want to tell God my wish list and then, you know, okay, deal with it, God, and then move on. Anybody hear me? But we ought to be somebody that allows God to breathe back in, to speak into them. Amen. Now, God is trying to always take you higher. God's always trying to lead you, guide you, direct you. Come on, somebody. He said, what's he, what's he want to breathe in you? Well, in this text, we see God wants to breathe wisdom and revelation into you. But you have to acknowledge him. God's got all kinds of wisdom and all kinds of things to show you. But if you don't stop long enough and acknowledge him, give him place, you go along bumping along life and all you're doing is sitting here coping with something when you could have beat that sucker a month ago, a year ago, depending on what we're dealing with. And we're sitting there struggling and straining and trying to get something to work. And, and you know, we got we to gotta still be good little Christians. And, you know, we got to be lovey and dovey and, and, you know, ooey gooey, rich and chewy and... And it gets harder and harder, and you get more wore out and more tired. And the whole time God says, listen, this thing works a lot easier when you listen. Let me show you what to do. Let me show you what's behind that. In some cases, it is. There's a spirit that needs to be dealt with. Some cases, just a step you take. Some things, sometimes, it's, God might just say, hey, shut up. There's a few people I'd like to say that to. <laughs> right? It works better when God does it. Okay, just let God do it. But when they come and say, God told me to shut up, I want to say, <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> Let's get back on wisdom. Because sometimes wisdom, amen. 
Uh, anyway, praise God. All right, let's, let's just, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. All right, wisdom. All right, what's, what's wisdom defined as? All right, so if God's going to breathe something into you, what's he going to breathe into you? He's going to breathe into you wisdom. What is wisdom? Okay, here we go. Wisdom is, uh, the word here is defined as the ability to live life skillfully. Okay, so the ability to live life skillfully. Amen. To apply, here we go, it breaks it down, to apply knowledge, information, and data rightly. So we brought this out, I think it was a week or so ago. I think maybe it was during the offering time or something. I just kind of touched on a little bit on wisdom. But um, see, there's information being pumped to you all day long. And you may even be at home, but if you got your TV on or something on or you're reading or you're uh, talking to somebody, it doesn't matter. There's information being pumped to you all day long. And wisdom is there to help you know how to apply that information that's coming to you, whether to receive it, reject it, rebuke it, come on, whether to, uh, you know, ignore it and move on, come on, all kinds of things. Because sometimes we get caught up with things, uh, you know, think about this, uh, wisdom is how to uh, live life skillfully. Have you ever, um, have you ever got involved in a conversation a few seconds later you wish you wouldn't have got involved in? You're thinking, oh, God. And life just got complicated. Am I right? Somebody said something, you jumped on the bandwagon, you go, whoa, later on you go, ooh. Have you ever been somewhere you wish you wouldn't have? You know, God is always trying to lead you, trying to guide you. God always, always, listen, God always wants you in the right place at the right time. He does. Okay? It's when we're not listening that we end up in those places we shouldn't be. So have you ever been somewhere you wish you wouldn't have been? Some of you are liars. I'm going to have to cast that spirit out. Anybody in here ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Thank you. We've all been there. We've all done that. We've all been involved in conversations we wish we wouldn't have been involved in. We all jumped on the bandwagon about something we wish we wouldn't have done. We all bought something we wish we wouldn't have bought. We all signed on the dotted line, wishing we wouldn't have never signed on the dotted line. The majority of the miracles that we need on a day-to-day basis could have been resolved with just hearing God. Now, if you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, praise ye the Lord, let's get it. But we have to understand that the majority of the things that we need breakthroughs in usually were because we weren't listening sometime, sometime earlier. And then we end up in this mess. You know, the Spirit of God is trying to talk to you about your health every day. Some of you just got depressed when I said that. But that's the truth. The Spirit of God wants to talk to you. Wisdom is there. How? Why? To help you live life skillfully. To take whatever information is fed you and help you process it right. To do with whatever you have to. Come on. Do you know there are about, I don't know, maybe 200 different diets at least. I'm just, I'm just through a number. Just try to sound like I knew something. But anyway, all kinds, of, all kinds of diets out there. And you could read one if you read it, you know, and meditate on it. Pretty soon you think, my God, I got to do that. Somebody else gives you another book. Oh, my God, I got to do that one. Like, oh, I got to do that too. You know, there's also Christian stuff that everybody say, you got to pray one day every day uh, in the Holy Ghost for an hour. Oh, bless God, I got to pray every day for in, the, in the Holy Ghost for an hour. And this guy says, you got to make a confession of faith every day. Okay, I'll make a, my confession of faith every day. You got to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. I got to pray the Lord's Prayer every day. <laughs> Is there anything wrong with those things? No. no. I was there. I did it. I ran out of time. <laughs> I did. I did this, and I did because I heard somebody preach. That's why I got I to do that, and then I got to do this, and then I got to do that. Preacher is like, when the heck do you sleep? <laughs> so you got to let God lead. That's not saying that they're wrong. I'm saying they might, God might have showed them something, revealed something to them, and, and, you know, praise the Lord for that, and you can glean and learn and, and hear God say, God, is this what I need to do? You know, there are programs for everything out there. If you don't watch it as a pastor, you think, I got to have this one and this one, this one, this one, this one. We got to have programs for everything. 
Pretty soon everybody's saying, I ain't going anymore in your program. Man, you have too much stuff going on. I ain't got time. Because not every program is necessarily the program for you. Amen. Not every diet. Let's get back on diets. <laughs> not every diet's for you. But it could be God's talking to you about your diet. Says, please, let's get spiritual now. <laughs> I'm serious. Sometimes you don't realize that God's just trying to help you live life skillfully. Right. And he'd like to keep you around long enough to do your job. Do what you're called to do. Fulfill your calling. And if you're going to die young, you don't fulfill your calling. So God's going to talk to you about things like that. Now, come on, I ain't telling you what you got to do. I'm just telling you the spirit of wisdom. See, he's always trying to breathe wisdom into you. You know what else wisdom is defined as? This is pretty amazing, actually. Wisdom is also defined as a combination of discernment, judgment, tact, and timing. Okay? Some people are just off time. Some people lack tact. Don't raise your hands. Right? Wisdom will help you walk through that. Some people say, well, I just can't get along with people. I, got, I just hate people. People are this way and that way. Stop. Stop. Just need wisdom. No, I just need a cave <laughs> and a bag of beans, and I'm okay. No, you're not because you're called to be a difference maker, and you can't do that in a cave. With beans, especially with beans. And that's the only place I'm going right there. I'm staying right there, so stay spiritual. Now, the point is, amen, sometimes wisdom is there to help you in communication with others. Help how to communicate, how to deal with things. Come on. You can't, you, can't, you know, if, remember, to help you live life skillfully. Somebody says, well, you know, bless God, if that person wasn't in my life, I could live skillfully. <laughs> God says, no, you just need wisdom and what to do and how to do and how to communicate. Come on, somebody. And you could still live life skillfully. Okay. What else? Okay, this word wisdom is also defined as how to successfully deal, I love this, with practical affairs of daily life. See, a lot of people just think God, you know, is so far out there. He just doesn't understand the life that I live. If God knew my family, He wouldn't say some of these things. If He knew the people I have to work with, He'd never say these things. If God knew this community, this state, oh, oh God, this state. God knows what state you're in, not only physically, but also emotionally. <laughs> okay, I'll leave it on. Anyway, the point is, it's there to help you with, deal with practical affairs of daily life deals with people, business, and the daily pressures that you have to deal with. Wisdom. But if there is no breath, if you're not stopping long enough to acknowledge God, give Him a place to breathe into you, you go along without that understanding, that wisdom, just to deal with the practical affairs. Instead, you get all wore out, beat down, beat up, because that thing every day, just takes the wind out of me. God wants to tell you, I know. That's why I'm trying to help. I'll show you how to do it. Right? I mean, yes, you got a job. So you say, well, I need more money, so I got to get another job. Maybe the spirit of wisdom says, no, you don't. No, I need three jobs. God says, I'll show you how to get one so you can actually get your life back. And more than meet your needs. 
Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? But if we go along, we do it, you know, based on how it seems or how it looks, and we're just trying to live life based on our own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now listen, in all your ways. In other words, that just literally means in your mode of life and your living and walking and dealing with things. Everyday practical life. In all your ways, you acknowledge Him. And then it says something. He'll start leading and guiding your steps. That's how it works. It's never changed. But see, it's based on the fact that God just wants to breathe into you on a daily basis. If you let God breathe into you on a daily basis, you're not going to let everything else breathe into you. Still with me? Because pretty soon, like I said, everybody and their dog has an opinion. Yes, I said, and their dog. They all have an opinion. And if you're not letting God breathe into you, you're open to everybody's opinion. Or, even worse, something off a demonic or dark realm. Come on, somebody, depending on what we're dealing with. Still with me? So what we want is God breathing in. So the spirit of wisdom, amen, is there when you acknowledge God, give Him place, and let Him breathe. Are you still there? How about revelation? Could anybody use a little more revelation? Okay, so let's define revelation, okay? Revelation. The word uh, revelation means to uncover something, disclose something, to make known something, to bring something to light or to bring it into view and in order for you to see something. Still with me? Now we're going we're gonna to kind of dive into that a little bit here in a minute. But God is always trying to show you things. Jesus said this. Now listen, this is how it works. Got your catchers on? Okay. Jesus said, I do nothing. I do nothing unless I see the Father. Come on, unless I see what the Father's trying. I do nothing unless I see it done by the Father. How, well, how did that happen? Through revealing He'll show them things ahead of time. Go into town. There's going to be a colt tied up. I want you two guys, you go in there, untie the colt, bring it. Now, somebody's probably going to stop you and say, what are you doing? You say, well, the master has need of it. How did he know that? These boys are walking into town going, oh, my God, he always tells us to do these things. I'm thinking, do what? Go buy, am I going to go steal somebody's horse? I mean, their donkey? I mean, <laughs> Dude, I mean, I mean, I know what he said, but and they get going into town. I'm thinking the whole time. They're thinking, this is. I mean, how did he even know? We haven't even been to town yet. How does he know? <laughs> some guy's got some, you know, donkey tied. They walk in and they look and they go, "I'll be doggone. There's a donkey tied." <laughs> hmm. Look at each other. Go, okay. Right? Yeah. Come on, right? right? You're thinking, I'm going to take this guy's donkey. <laughs> Untie the donkey. Somebody says, what are you doing with my donkey? <laughs> right? Read the book. <laughs> what are you doing with my donkey? <laughs> the Lord has need of it. Oh, Okay. 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 Right? How does he know all this? Same way you will get to know things. Like acknowledge him long enough. He would always go get alone. And he, he didn't just do all the talking. He let God show him things. Let God give him wisdom. Let God show him things. He didn't always walk on the water. He didn't always spit in the blind man's face. <laughs> and he didn't always make mud balls and smear it on him either. 
But when he did, it worked. Now, you and me, we'd have mud ball ministry. <laughs> well, hey, it worked for one. It must work for all of them. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> right? But he didn't do that for all of them. Did he? Am I boring you? All right. He didn't do it for all of them. He didn't tell every one of them, pick up your bed and walk. But the ones that he knew, he did. How about this? Okay. Sometimes it's sporadic in the sense of, well, that's not the right word. Let's use the word, um, sometimes something happens and you're going to hear happy here quick, right? One day somebody brings um, a blind person to him and says, heal him. So he says, all right. So he takes him out of town. <laughs> he didn't take everybody out of town. He took this guy out of town. It's like, we got to get you away from all this unbelief. Come on. Take you out of town. He laid hands on him, prayed. He says, now what do you see? He, he didn't ask everybody, what do you see? Come on. What did you see? Well, he says, I'm, I'm seeing figures and I'm seeing stuff, but it's not clear. Mm. He laid hands on him again, prayed, went back into town. Point being is, the Spirit of God is not only there to give you revelation, but also give you wisdom. Wisdom and revelation. Reveal something. Show you something. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2 says that God is trying to reveal things to His people by His Spirit. Come on, right? Come on. Always trying to reveal things to you, right? In fact, the things in context talks about the deep things of God. And earlier, the verse prior says the things of God that are, are pardon me, available to those who love Him. Sorry, Rick. I think I'm getting all spitty on you. <laughs> it's anointed? Okay. The point is, the Spirit of God is always trying to show you things, reveal things, give you wisdom so you can live this life right, be in the right place at the right time, know when to say something, when not to say something, when to uh, address something, when not to, when to move forward, when not to, when to take a step, when not to. Listen, I've had the Spirit of God, and I'm maybe some of you too, I've had the Spirit of God begin to talk to you about something. You're saying, God, I don't understand what's this thing. Why is this thing uh, going on like this? He said, because you didn't do what I asked you to do. Well, what do you mean? I do everything you ask me to do. No, I, I asked you to do something. Sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes he takes you back and says, go do the thing I asked you to do, and it'll start working. And I find out you're right. I didn't do that. I just talked about doing that. And I appeased my conscience somehow by talking about it, but I didn't really do it. The point is, the Spirit of God, the whole time, we always think that God's like holding out on us. Pretty soon you're buying into what, what Eve bought into. You know, God, you know, He's holding back, you know. <sighs> Look at what you're missing out on. You're missing out on nothing. You get to eat from every tree except one. But pretty soon you're convinced. And next thing you know, you're doing something, you're making a decision, you're taking a step, you're saying something, and then pretty soon we've got complications, we've got chaos, and the whole time the Spirit of God is trying to show you how to do it, how to say it, when to step forward, when not to, come on somebody, when to agree, when not to. Is anybody else with me? But it has to happen by... Acknowledging and take the time to do it. Let's get to verse 18. I'm just going to real quick through these. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Okay? So the eyes of your understanding. Okay? Uh, the word understanding uh, is defined as deep thought or imagination. Okay? So we're talking about an inner picture. So that's how he does it. Okay? You know how the imagination works. The problem is most of the time... For us, we, uh, maybe we've had 
Uh, we've perverted the imagination. Hello. So we assume that imagination's of the devil, which it's not. It's actually designed by God to work in these things. Problem is, we over the years have used it wrongly. Come on. So we just assume. But see, that's, so God shows you an inner picture about something. God wants to show you something. So you're going along, functioning, doing whatever. Spirit of God begins to show you. Right? I mean, you think about this, how, how, how much this could be useful if we would just let God say what he has to say and show us what he has to show us. Jesus said, I say nothing lest I hear the Father say it. I do nothing lest I see the Father do it. How did that happen? Right here. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, where now it's exposed, where you can see it, right? That you may know, okay? That means to perceive or see something, all right? It actually, if you break the word know, it almost comes down to a, a place of intimacy. You're becoming intimate with what's being said or what's being shown, okay? Becomes real, becomes alive to you, amen? You begin to value it more. Are you still with me? All right, that you may know. Now, it lists three major things. What is the hope of his calling? That's one. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Is the second one. And what's the third? Uh, next one in number 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power that's toward us who believe? Okay, of course, then he defines that power. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is available for you and me. Now, let's go back up real quick. All right, let's look at this in verse uh, 18 again. Okay, first one is to know what is the hope of his calling. <clears throat> the word hope means expectation. The word calling means a bidding or a prompting, okay? So what it is is an expectation of, um, you know, a calling, a bidding. What are you, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? I've had more people over the 30 years of ministry that have come to me and said, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Well, God is trying to show you. <laughs> but if you keep ignoring him, you don't give him place, then how are you going to know? So a lot of people go out and they do, well, this feels kind of right. You know, I read this. I've seen this. I did this. That guy does it. It works for him, so I'm going to try it. And in the meantime, we, we always have that gnawing on the back or in the back there, gnawing us all the time, thinking, man, it just doesn't, it just doesn't fit right. It just doesn't, you know, it's, it's kind of... Kind of, but not. It's, it is, but it isn't. And pretty soon you're sitting and you're struggling. The whole time there's a calling, a bidding, a prompting. It literally means an invitation to you, an invite. Amen. God invites you to a higher place, invites you, amen, to come do this, to, to receive this, to do this. Come on, somebody, an invite. If you really want to really uh, you know, get technical about this whole thing here, the whole thing deals with identity, but that's another sermon. Because when you know who you are, you know where you're going. The Gospel of John says Jesus knew who he was, he knew where he came from, and he knew where he was going. He didn't struggle with this. He didn't go around and say, well, I just wish I knew what I was supposed to do. He never did that. But a lot of Christians do that. But if we give some time to God, acknowledge Him, He begins to open it up through the spirit of wisdom and revelation, begins to show you things, and next thing you know, you're where you need to be. You're doing what you should be doing. And praise God, all of a sudden it's bearing fruit. Are you still with me? Do you know why some things don't manifest like we want them to? Because you're just not in the right place. It's the truth. Sometimes, uh, you know, we... Uh, we, we take something and begin to say, well, this is what we're supposed to do because the Bible says this, and it does say that, but it also says to follow God, let God lead. Yeah. See, as many as you know, God leads become the sons of God, the weos or mature ones of God. See, the more you let God lead you, you end up in the right place. You end up doing the right things when you're believing and praying. And, and sometimes, you know, do you know sometimes, get this, sometimes Jesus even walked by sick people. 
Well, Fred Baum. In the pool of Bethesda, he walked by a whole, the whole perimeter of the pool was covered in sick people. Walked by all of them just to get to one guy. Ministered to that one man, tells him to get up, take up his bed and walk, and then walk back out. And they're all probably sitting there watching him. If they would have been smart, they would have yelled out something. Hey, get over here! But they didn't. Ministered to the one and walked out. Listen, does anybody agree that Jesus' ministry was successful? Yes. It was very successful. Okay? It always worked because he was led. Feel with me? See, what happens is, so we're, we're trying to live life without being led. So we're not living skillfully, and we're struggling, straining, trying to make ends meet or get just through this thing or somehow just, just, just stay a Christian. I don't want to because there's a lot on my plate, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of people. Well, if you constantly let God breathe into you, you don't have a struggle with that. It isn't a complicated thing. Okay, hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? All right, riches, okay, the wealth or the value of the glory of what? His, his inheritance. Now, he defines his inheritance. That's his, this is his, his inheritance. What is his inheritance? You and me in the saints. You are his inheritance. But he wants you, amen, he wants you to understand your value. Your value to him. If you will understand your value to him, you don't have any struggle with who you are. Anybody hear me? Value. So what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance, which is you and me? So not only is there an invite for more, an invite to higher things, but he's trying to show you, listen, you're valuable to me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Now, why did that change after you got saved? I mean, I got Christians that still think God's down on them or upset with them. God, you're part of his inheritance. If you understood your value, and especially your value to Him, you wouldn't struggle with some of that stuff. So remember, He's trying to breathe into you the spirit of wisdom and revelation or reveal things so you can live this life like you're supposed to. You might as well enjoy this Christian life. God loves you. God values you. Okay, last one. Let's look at verse 19. Okay, I'll let you go. What is the exceeding greatness? He wants you to know this. What is the exceeding greatness of His power that's toward you, you who believe? What power? What power is toward me? The same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's all available. Now, He's trying to show you this, reveal this. Here, you're struggling with this thing, wondering, how am I ever going to get done? How is this ever going to change? How am I ever going to get on top of this? How is this thing, how am I going to get free from this? How, is, how am I going to get these bills paid? How am I going to get myself well again? How am I going to, all this stuff, that, whoa, 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 breaks. Stop trying to strain and struggle at all this. Let God breathe into you. All of a sudden, you might be amazed at what a shift in a matter of seconds by just taking the time, letting God show you something, letting God reveal something, let Him say something, let Him breathe into you. You might be amazed at what you overcome just by letting Him breathe into you. Listen, there's a lot of folks, and I'm talking about Christian folk. I ain't talking about the world. I'm talking about Christian folk who strain and struggle about the same thing off and on for years. This right here is your answer. Amen. You said, well, I ain't got time. What do you mean you ain't got time? You just spent the last three months struggling with that thing. Don't tell me you ain't got time. 
You ain't got time to give God three minutes a day, five minutes a day, even a half hour a day to let him breathe into you? Well, you know, I, I ain't got time because I got to go to the doctor. I ain't got time because I got to go to my lawyer. I ain't got time because, you know, I got this whole issue I got to deal with. Uh, Whoa, whoa, how about if we let God breathe into us? You may not have all the, uh, you may find out you're already well and whole. You may find out, you know, you got your wisdom and answer how to deal with this thing. Instead of letting the world step into this and mess it all up. I'm not against lawyers and I ain't against doctors. I don't walk out here saying I am. But you, you ain't going to want to go to no doctor, no lawyer unless God leads you. Well, anyway, well, I mean, that, again, I'm, uh, you know, it comes down to this. Well, why don't we, why don't we do this? Well, because it's easier to ignore it than to overcome it. And in all honesty, it isn't. But at the moment, we don't necessarily want to take the time to do it. And I believe what it comes down to, I did shut my Bible, by the way. I, I believe what it comes down to is... See, this message makes you accountable. You're accountable for the time that you give God, for getting quiet and letting God breathe into you. And I'd rather God just handle it and deal with it. And then I, you know, I want to ask people like that, how's that working out for you? You, you, we're, we're accountable for taking the time, giving an ear, let him breathe into us, let him show us something. And when that happens, all of a sudden this stuff starts working. And the, and the, and the, and the promises that he gave you in this book, the promises begin to manifest, just like he said it would. He's not holding anything out on anybody, but he's trying to lead you through it. Because sometimes, you know, you think about a step. Why don't you all stand up? That's a step. Stand up. <laughs> Somebody said, we're getting closer. Okay, if, if God is trying to talk to you about going right, I'm talking about direction-wise, right. Okay, you got it? And God says, I, I need you to go right, but you're determined because of how it looks or how it feels, come on, that I should go left. Now, you go left, and then chaos manifests, and we get mad at God, or anybody else we can blame, come on, because of the chaos. The whole time, the Spirit of God says, yo! And it was just all it took was to give a few minutes of just getting still, let him say something, let him reveal something, let him breathe into you a little bit. What made the patriarchs of faith, the ones that we look up to, what made them differ? Right here. They just stopped once in a while. And you know as well as I do, the book is clear, showed the good, the bad, and the ugly. The times they didn't listen, where it got them. The times they listened where it got them. Big difference, right? No different than you and me. This is how this works. Amen. Let God breathe into you. This is the importance of it. Amen. Now, you'd think as, you know, good Christians, we, this would be a, a message we wouldn't have to share to everybody, but it, it, it is amazing how many Christians go along life and never stop long enough to let God say anything. I, I, again, I know it's none of you, but it's all those other people. But we've all been guilty of this, right? All right. Hallelujah. Did you get some? Yeah. All right. Hallelujah. All right. Father, we give you praise and glory. Once again, we are thankful and grateful for your breath, for your spirit. Hallelujah. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you, Lord, for showing us things. 
revealing things, giving us help, giving us understanding, giving us clarity, giving us steps to take, showing us which direction, showing us how to do it, that we might live life skillfully. And Father, I give you praise for that. I give you thanks. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.